Okay, I think having ambition in life is super rad. And there's nothing against it. But for me and my journey, I realized at some point in my life that a lot of my ambition had this subconscious emotional or mental clause behind it. Okay, so take for instance, I want to be a professional bass player. That rules, and I'm so grateful for my journey that's led to me to where I am today. But I got to this point where I realized underneath that for a while was this belief that I well once I and I want to be a professional bass player and once I get there once I start doing that then I will be happy then I will fulfill, be fulfilled then like then all my self consciousness and my like insecurities and all my self doubts and all those all the negative self talk in my mind all that will just go away because then finally I will achieve my goals and I will be who all. I will be who I've always wanted to be. <laughs> the problem with that is, if it isn't freaking obvious, is that I cr- am now realizing that I created these contacts in my mind, in my neurons, to constantly have this mindset that whether it was something I wanted or whether it was something I wanted to be or whether it was something I wanted to do, I started realizing that this subconscious belief that, okay, that's my goal. That's where I want to be. That's what I want. Then I will be happy. What it did was it separated my happiness and enjoyment and my fulfillment and my confidence. It separated it from me. Almost like it was like constantly on the, yeah, yeah, that's what it was. Yeah. it, It like, it felt like it was always on the other side of a chasm. And if I could only get over there, then all my problems would go away. Now, the reason I bring this up right now in this podcast episode is because last week I got together with my good friend, Ian Allison. When I moved to Minneapolis back in 2004 to start studying music, Ian had just started that same year that I came in. He had just started teaching music at the collegiate level. And so I was his first college student and I would spend hours with him each week learning from him. And it was, it was unreal. I, I, I look back at those memories spent with Ian and I just cherish the hell out of him. Since then, he has become this massively respected bassist who people look to for his, people just look to for his opinion on shit. And he's found a ton of success in music, whether it's from the badass artists he records and tours with, or it's the stuff he puts out online. I hadn't seen Ian in a while, so last week we got together and we were talking and we're sitting down, we're having a conversation and somehow he just, he started talking about this happiness thing because he's on like what you, what I would consider, like when I thought, when I, back in the day, when I think about, oh, here I am, there's, there's success on the other side of this ravine. Ian's standing on the other side of the ravine and he started talking about this. We started talking about happiness. So I did what any sane and (laughs) normal friend would do. I'd say, shut the hell up, Ian. I'm pulling out microphones and recording this conversation. Uh, This is the conversation we had. It's not super long and it's exactly what I want this year to look like. It was just natural uh, and it got cut off. We did. There's no clean button ending. His son came home from school. And so we just ended the podcast right there. All right. Here's my conversation with the Ian Allison. Does maybe I'll call this, yeah, maybe I'll call this episode. Does my happiness exist over there? Where do you live? In the city. Do you have a house? Apartment. On a rent? Rent. 
What do you do for a living? Lots of things. Where's your office? Don't have one. How come? It's a long story. Do you have kids? No, I don't. How come? What's your record for consecutive questions asked? 38. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I was about to tell you my deepest, darkest secrets, and you were like, let's record it for the podcast. Well, <laughs> no. Dude, I, I know. And then we don't have, and I can totally press pause on this. No, I love it. No, I love it because I have content brain too. I'm like, I'm like, oh, we, this is good. Like, I, I think of this stuff as it could be helpful, right? Yeah. I don't want it to be, and I don't even mean that in like a, oh, this will be so helpful to the listeners, but I do, I guess, think about, vulnerability maybe as being helpful and I'm not, I don't need to keep it all for me. Mm-hmm. So yeah. What, what was it? Um, we were talking cause I, I guess we were talking about oh. playing a lot of gigs, oh. playing in church, playing. Yes. Right. You were talking about options like choice. Yes. Okay. Well here, here, all right. Let me, let me, this is, this might be, uh, this is, this is really what I was interested in when we were talking in there is Okay. Everybody goes, oh, the more choice, the more options, the better. Right. That's like kind of a an obvious thing. And I'm wondering, do you feel that way? To the, both sides of the coin of all things, like the, to the detriment of you now you you have choice with gigs. Yep. You don't have to. You don't. You're not in the season of life where you have to say yes to every single thing anybody yes. asks you to play with. You say yes to. The positive side of that is you are constantly around. You're seeing people every night of the week because you're taking every single gig. Right. But then the downside of that is, so there's a thing like you're, you miss that yeah. side of it. I think for me in terms of, I mean, I'll speak to the gig part first in the beginning. Yes. You take everything you can. You'd be an absolute idiot to say no, like right in your twenties, you're supposed to say yes. Yeah. And you're supposed to do all the things. Now, is that, is that mentally like always the best thing? Probably not. But that, at least when I was coming up, that was the thing, right? It's not choice. Yeah. You either do or you, you don't, it's not the choice of option. It's like, if you want to do this, you have, that's just part of the deal. Yeah. And you have to do it for bad pay and bad conditions and all that. But there was something about that, that I loved. It felt like sort of like walking is like going through the gauntlet. You know what I mean? Walking through the fire And and it felt exciting. And then, um, for me, when I got, into a more comfortable position where I had some gigs and I got a little bit more choosy. Um, and you mentioned like making content and having some success around that. Then it was like, Oh, now I get to be more choosy with my yes. And I get to say no to some things that I, that I'm ready to say no to, yes. yeah, you know? Yeah. yeah. And that cause felt- no is always associated with a middle finger. Right. right. Yeah. Like, like <laughs> yes. it's, that's like the point is so you can have that, yeah. Uh, I don't have to do this anymore. Yeah. So guess what? Yeah. And just yeah. like double deuces. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I, I hope that I, I don't think I said no in that way, but yes, having those options makes you think, Oh, huh, yeah. Okay. I've got the power to do this and power to free up time for things that you love. Maybe, uh, artistic projects, family, whatever. But what I found is funny because where you stopped me before we started recording this is I said, I'm not happier. And then I paused and you said, 
Shut the hell Hold up. Hold on. <laughs> okay, no, 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 no. Dude, I'm working on that. Because I, I, <laughs> I don't want to turn this year of my life into just I can't have a normal conversation. Yeah. Like, because stuff needs to be said off mic. But like, oh, that but, guy that just triggered me. I was yeah. like, oh, I, I, I won't be able to pay attention. But stuff said on yeah. mic is great. And, and I appreciate that you saw that moment. I think what I was going to say, I think was in, per, in uh, pertaining to relationships or pertaining to being just around people. Yes. So my family moved out of Minneapolis. Now we're 10 miles away. We're in Minnetonka and we mm -hmm. love the house and um, I have more space to do my thing and it, oh, it's better and this and that. But I find that then not playing in the environments that I was playing in before, which would have been church stuff that I was doing every week and also in um, like cover band environment where I was doing a lot of like gigs uh, for weddings and private events. And then also just subbing for a bunch of people in local scenarios. I'm not doing as much of that because I have other projects that I have decided to give priority to Yes, that financially is very responsible. Like, right. I'm like, okay, I am now going to focus on doing, you know, making content, making presets for, you know, like I do the, did this big preset project for a line six product and it went crazy well, which was awesome. And I work for SBL, which is a bass lessons place. I know, yeah. you know, but right for anybody that doesn't, they're a UK bass lesson house that does content and YouTube. And so I'm totally consumed by making the nerdiest bass yes. content and I love it, but also I find that I do miss the relational component of having a schedule around like going and seeing the people every week, yes. whether at this gig yeah. or that gig. And I still do some touring with artists. Like I, I told you, I had four projects that I'm still active in. So with Dessa, with Eric Hutchinson, with The Orange Goodness, and with Jeremy Messersmith. And when I get to do that stuff, I'm really... I'm really thrilled to get to go out on the road or play a show and see all those yeah. people. It's like old home week. But when I, it's interesting because I often, even though I'm making more money, I'm, I'm on paper or on digital um, engagement statistics far more successful than yes. I've ever been. But sometimes when I think about it, and it could just be grass is always greener, but sometimes when I think about it, I'm like, man, I do miss the simplicity of the gigging life of like preparing yeah. yes. those 40 tunes that I had to play with Mick Sterling yeah. at a bar for a hundred bucks yes. and going through the trials and tribulations. Now that could be a, a young person's game, 20 something, 30 something, maybe I'm 45 now. And I, probably shouldn't be doing that. <laughs> but I do kind of yearn for it. I yearn for the the simplicity, I guess, and the relational thing of like, man, I got to I got to work on all this music to get ready for this gig and I'm getting better and I'm yes. striving yeah. and you know. And it's it's the goal is it's so clear yeah. of what your job is mm -hmm. with that. My job is are these tunes show up, execute it's this thing you've trained for years. Yes. And now uh, the other side of that, the spectrum might be like, okay, well, what do you do when no one's like part of the Scott's bass lesson thing is you're, you guys are coming up with things that no one's requesting of you. I know. 
So it's like now the, even the request has shifted. And so yep. now it's a little bit more esoteric. What are we going? The unknownness. It's it's not as definitive line right there this weekend. I do this. I succeed. It's like it's an ongoing thing. There's another thing with it. I, yes. I could see. Yeah. And I will say, too, that like um, I don't think that I'd trade it. <laughs> like I was thinking, like, I don't know that I would trade it. Right. Because yeah. I do feel good about where where things are heading. But I, I guess I want to say that, like, are we supposed to live just increasingly more comfortable lives? You know what I'm saying? Like, like. Should AI yes. just do all the things yes. and should, and should we just always be in our homes relegated to tasks that are going to make big numbers appear in your bank account that are going to happen online in a digital space away from people? Like, is it better? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if it is, you know? Yeah. And, and it's probably just sort of midlife crisis stuff, but, <laughs> but I do think about it a yes. lot. I think yeah. about like, Wow. I'm making more money than I ever have. I'm I'm in I have more free time than I have ever had and part of me goes, man, I kind of miss being around people more. And that's probably just a tell. Like I'm a bit of a workaholic and it's probably a bit of a tell of like, oh, then I should figure out what to trade for that. If I if I feel that really strongly, what should I trade for that? The other side of the coin. Right. Okay. So, I mean, you're talking about this, the choice. I mean, really, again, maybe I don't think it is a choice. It's not something you can just like pick and choose and have the best of everything. It's like the, the, everything comes with the downsides of it. Of course. You do that like epic cool tour and now you're away from family. Yeah. There's no perfect solution. Um, and, and there's... <sighs> Yes, I hear what you're saying. Like, and and the grass can always be greener, right? Yeah, I mean, and even if yeah. you know, even if you get that perfect tour, right? You're you're going to be giving up your home life. Yes. Uh, let me clarify because I was doing a really shitty job. I'm like trying to figure out what's in my head of that's getting me so interested in this. I think it is a mindset I've had in my life for years that is, if then, like if I can get here then I will be happy. If I get oh, this, I will be, yeah. if I can like, oh, like, oh man, if I have this, then, then I will be more whatever. If I can get this thing, then I would, then I will be like the ultimate bass player. Like yes. the thought of it, but if I could get that one thing, then I will be a complete musician. Of course. And, and, and that's and what I'm kind marketing of. Marketing sells to that too. Oh, and you, you kind of have to. to. Yeah. If like you're selling. Oh, if you yes. have this, it will take yes. you to the next level. Yes. If you buy this thing, if you can only get to, you know, 10,000 followers, 50,000, a hundred that, right. But it never ends. Yes. Right. Dude. Yes. So I'm, man, that is the thing. It's like, okay, you're a perfect example of that right now. You looked at where the world was and you go, I'm going to invest my time and energy in these things. And I'm, I know I'm not going to specifically, okay. Like whether it's social media or yep. relationship, like I'm going to invest my time and energy in these things. And I believe that I'm not going to, might not see returns on my time investment right, right now, but I'm going to commit to doing a couple years of the grind yep. of this. And now in the, it's like, it's paid off in these past years. So it's really easy for me to go be on the outside. This is just totally transparent. It's always easy for me to, on the outside to be like, oh, if then, 
If if I can right. get to this point, if I if this, then I will have happiness. Yes. Like, does choice equal just blanket happiness and problem? Like, there's, and and I mean, that's not a question. It's just the thing in my mind. Right. It's, like, it's such a, it's an interesting thing because even though, like, okay, you you get you're having the coolest conversations, playing the coolest freaking music in town. You're doing badass stuff, and you're get to, and at the same time get to be home with your family yes. at night. Yes. And so. For like from the outside, it's like, oh, dude, that is like, you 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 won the slap machine, <laughs> yeah. dude. You're really, but it comes with. I love. I just love hearing like, no, there's these other things that I kind of miss oh, from the time sure. with other stuff. And and you know, don't get me wrong. It's I'm not trying to say like, um, I'm not happy. And I mean, there's a there've been a lot of choices and a lot of successes for me that I feel really really like wildly grateful for. Almost almost guilty. Like, ah, man, I, I struggle with this thing. Like, I I struggle with this thing of feeling like I deserve it. Um, I struggle with that, so like, with weather. Like, when I'm in a nice place, dude. dude. I love hearing you <laughs> say this. When but I'm yes, in a nice place, yes. like, when I'm in Southern California and it's beautiful, I'm like, I don't deserve this. Uh, this yeah. isn't real. This is totally, this is total bullshit. And it needs to be cold and miserable. Oh, dude. <laughs> That's why I live in, yes. in Minnesota. Uh, I mean, I love Minnesota. But, like, you know, like, I like to go through yeah. the winter. Like, yeah. this winter hasn't been hard enough. Yeah, we're you know? paying for our summers. <laughs> I've earned, the summer yes. comes around. I have yeah, earned this spring. Like it, it's earned. Yes. And I have a lot of that in my life. I, I should probably go see a therapist about that. But, um, yeah, I, I really struggle with um, feeling guilt around success, I guess. Yes. And feeling like I need to be in the trenches and grind. So it's interesting. I find that when I'm, I, I feel like maybe I was happier just day to day when I was in the just grind of trying to figure out what I was doing. And now looking back, like, and now having, you know, a little more success and a little more like financial comfort, I feel like, oh, it, the, if now, or no, what was it? If oh yeah, if when, then if I can get to this point with what or if then I will be then I'll be happy. Yeah, and or it, then I I will I will be the the me that I want to be that or, I wanted to yeah. be. Yeah, and that if I can just get to that or ha- there's a, then over there. <laughs> yeah, and maybe that's just me in my head. I'm just constantly <laughs> thinking if I could just if I need want to just need to. I just uh, don't think it ends. I yeah. mean, you know, I don't know. I feel like I wish I could say yeah. I guess I feel that way. Maybe. 20% more or something, but I guess I feel like I'm never, I never am going to feel content. And maybe, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but I feel like it always needs to grow. It always needs to yes. progress, push forward. And that's probably a terrible, <laughs> like as I'm saying what? it out loud, I'm like, oh, that's probably a terrible, terrible thing. Um, uh, you I know. don't know, man. When you say that, my mind goes to like, I just am getting the point. Me being thirty eight now, yeah. I feel like I'm. I'm just getting the point. Like, oh, that. I mean, there's no, there's no other side of that. The point is, like, I did. A Zach I went to one of Zach Miller's clinics, and he yes. was talking about how he's like, I go camping. I had to teach my kids the reason we go camping is to do work. The work is the point oh, of going right. camping, and yes. like teaching them the joy of setting up your campsite. And it just blew my mind. It's like, oh yeah, the work is the point. And so yeah. 
yeah, the getting on the other side of the work is not the point. That gr- some sort of that grind or that like discomfort might be some of the life. Yeah, I don't know. I'm- I guess I've said too for me, like I never want to retire. Um, oh, yes. Yeah, you know, yes. like the the goal for me is to not do less. I guess. I, um, I do. Again, I like that I'm. Um, I like that it feels like things are moving in the right direction. Yeah. But I think I do miss the people. And the playing more. I feel like I'm making a lot of videos about playing. <laughs> and yeah. I'm doing a lot of playing. But but sometimes I'm like, man, I sometimes have this weird thing of like, I just want to go to a gig and really work on playing like brown-eyed girl so well. <laughs> like, Dude. it's weird. I mean, I have that. And then yeah. I also have this artist thing in me where um, I ha- I really like to make some of my own music and I haven't prioritized. Like I will never say, oh, I'm, and I've just been too busy or it's never that, right? Like I just haven't prioritized that in my life. Yeah. It was interesting. I was out at NAM, the NAM show, you know, the big instrument thing that happens in Anaheim. And I was sitting around this table full of people I admired. There was um, just a lot of great bass players and great people in the industry. And there's sort of a silence came across the whole table, a lull in conversation and um, a guy looked over at me, a, a guy that works at Dunlop and um, who runs this band called Agape Souls. Name's Daryl Anders. He's amazing. He goes, "Man, when are you going to put out your record?" And everybody was like, "Yeah," and it was like all eyes on <laughs> yeah, me. Yeah. And I was like, "Oh, on, wow, guys, uh, geez." And I had to think about it, and you know, and I spoke about it a little bit, some things that I was excited about, and they were all like, "Well, like we really hope you do." And it was interesting because, you know, I still feel so much, and and it's not imposter syndrome. I think I've used that word a lot in the past. I think imposter syndrome is just a cover for insecurity. I think, I think it's just sort of blanket insecurity. Mm. I feel like if I put my name on a project and I go out and I book the studio time and I do it and I pour in the thousands of dollars required to even make a modest EP and goes on Spotify and all that, will anybody give a shit? And maybe you are reading my mail. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah right. Yeah. Like maybe what I need to get to is a place of who cares. I need to do it for me. Yeah. Do is that is yeah, that is good. I feel the same way. Like right now, okay, this podcast. Yeah. Thing, right. My thought process right now is I mean, I've quit doing the podcast twice mm-hmm. in the past because I've been doing it since like 2017. Um, and man, honestly, I just, it was like so much freaking work and putting out, trying to do all the things, figure out what would people want of this thing. And then just not having the numbers line up. And so because of that, again, that's another if then for me, it's like, well, if I do this, then hopefully I'll get to a point where I'll I'll reach escape velocity and then I can get some sponsorship in here and then I could start making money off of whatever the, all those other things that like a successful quote podcast would be. Yes. And I got to the end of this last year. And after I put out, maybe last year I put out maybe five, a handful of things. Because yep. I just was, I I wasn't in it, whatever. And I realized, whoa, no, no, like this is the point. The point of it is to have an excuse to have the conversation. The point is because it feels good yeah. to have to to know that you're being recorded and have to like think a little bit harder about your words yep. than you would in a normal conversation. Right. Because you know it's gonna be rare. It like doing it is the point. And so I like found myself in that check, like like a 
shitload of insecurity. And like, if I keep doing this yeah. and it doesn't reach escape velocity and I, I don't feel like a lot of people are like, what does that say about me? Of course, yes. And it's like, I could totally see, like all the questions I have about what I'm doing right now, I could totally see uh, obviously projecting on with the EP. It was like, well- Dude, it's, I've always been the side man. I mean, you know, I was in a band that I was part of the creative force of a band for a long time called Down and Above, but that was a collective. That was a band. That wasn't my name, you know, solely Yeah. versus doing your own thing, putting it out. I mean, that's, it's, it gives me a lot of respect for, you know, the singer songwriter that puts their name out there. That is a huge amount of pressure. It's so much pressure. Because, dude, it is so, I, I'm calling my own bullshit when it has been, I've stopped saying, when I, as a, being a backing bassist, I've stopped saying, it's, don't, don't worry, we, we shouldn't be worried about the numbers people show up to the show. It should be, if there's 20 people at a show, you should give it your all. It's not <laughs> yeah. about the numbers. And I've realized like, oh, dude, that's a jackass thing to say <laughs> yeah. when it's not your name outside. Dan Rodriguez cares about the numbers. <laughs> yeah, 100%. Yes. Like, it's the person yes. you're standing behind. Right. Like, it matters to them and because that equals... You know, paying your people. There's all these other factors. And yes. if it's not your name on it, it's so much easier to go, oh, you know, it's just it was a fun project that was really enjoyable to record. Yeah. And no one really heard it. Oh, and not to insinuate that Dan Rodriguez has ever had only 20 people show up to a show. No, no. Oh, <laughs> man, but yeah, I mean, like anybody. Never, yeah, yeah, for yeah, anybody. Sure, for sure. Right. I mean, yeah, I I've thought that too of like, oh, no big deal. Hey, we're having fun. We're yeah. but but for people, you know, I've seen that in every singer-songwriter that I've played with and you know it was just that anxiety about like what does it mean if the show isn't successful if the record isn't successful and when you start to think like an artist those are the things that come up and of course they should i mean you know i'm not like there is no guarantee that anybody is gonna give a shit about the about the base ep you know there it's just so you know I'm I'm watching my dog eat dirt out of the plant right now. <laughs> oh, no, sorry. But you know what? You know what? If Ginger's happy, Rob, We're happy. it's all good. It's all that matters. <laughs> Ginger, listen, it's the eating the dirt. There's no other side of this. You got to be happy right now. <laughs> no, it's okay. It's fine. Yeah, maybe give her to me. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, give her that toy. There you go. What do you want? You know, it is... Here's something I've, I've become oh, an awareness. Tim, you your thoughts on this? Where do, you, where do you stand on Han Solo versus Chewbacca? And by that I mean this. <laughs> yeah. I have recently realized, like, oh, I am not. When I'm happiest is when I realize that I am the Chewbacca of stories. Or if anything, like, okay, mm-hmm. driving the van, like doing a van tour. I never, ever, ever want to be the one driving. I hate driving. Mm. I will stay up till 4 a.m. driving and put me with the maps in this in the passenger seat up front. Yeah. I will keep you awake. I'll, we'll have great conversation. You Hell do yeah. the driving. Co-pilot. Co- total co-pilot. Yeah. Like the Chewbacca is my thing. But then I realize at some point it's like, at, there's some part of the stories where they get split up and he's got to fly his own plane. He's got to do his own thing. <laughs> yeah. You can't, I mean, maybe you can constantly be my codependence <laughs> with different projects. But yeah. like, it is, I don't know. It, um, do you still feel like, do you like when you're when you think about doing like an EP or your own stuff, putting your name on things? Do you, have you found like do you get the same excitement as you do when you're like backing somebody as no. just like a bass player? No, it's 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 full on anxiety. Is it? Yeah, I mean, I, I 
of course, bass players, I think for the very most part, probably for the most part, are like more happy being back, you know, yeah. playing playing behind the next to the drummer, yes. hi hat side, dude. Yeah. It's the best. Yes. You know, uh, and right, I think there's definitely something to that. I definitely resonate more with Chewy than Han Solo. In terms of I don't want to, I don't want to lead the like now, I like being a band leader. I like being an MD. Yeah. But I don't want to have all of the weight of the show yeah. on my shoulders business-wise, yes. the weight of the record on my shoulders yes. business-wise. And so that's probably part of it, right? Is that if like it fails, that that it's it's probably just fear of failure. What does that say about you? It's just, it, dude, it oh, all dude, comes all back comes, to insecurity. Yeah, All dude. of it. Because if you weren't like, you know what? Who cares? I have to do this. Yes. Then like, then you wouldn't care about that yeah. failure. Um, so- even yeah. like you saying like the double deuces earlier. Yep. Like I get I have choice. I'm gonna say no to these gigs, or whatever. Like that is like for me at least, whenever I feel that, if I'm being honest with myself, I realize I'm rooted in insecurity. Of and course. like this will make me feel more than it's because what it of is. I'll, I'll restate it this way. Dude, I remember you were on a tour. I won't say names. Yep. Give away, away. You were on a tour and I came out to see you and you were op- uh, you were opening for a even bigger band than you were, and their bass player. Yep. We were all back by the buses and uh, that were in St. Paul when you played there. And I yep. came out and their bass player was back there and he was talking about, I was like, we were just getting to know each other. I was like, man, how, how are you doing? You're in the middle of this run. How's the tour going? Uh, and he kept, for some reason, just opened up to me. And he, mm. was, he was like, dude, I'm having a really hard time right now. He's like, I haven't seen my kids mm. in, I, I haven't seen my kids in however many months. And he's like, the only reason I'm on this it, right now is because it's the golden handcuffs. Like I don't have, I just don't have any other option. Mm. And I think it's just, I love hearing, I love hearing like the other sides of all the things because I just feel like you're, you just can't, you're, there's never going to be a point where that, that other side of the coin disappears. It'll right. look different. Um, I don't know. I just, so I just like, I'm glad you're willing to let me ask you how that's been going because I'm just so interested. Yeah, I will say, I mean, I, I'm going to say names because I know who that is. And I know um, that was when we were out supporting Kelly Clarkson. Yeah. And that was Anar, which um, was her bass player, I think. And then he had been with her a long time and then he didn't, he's not with her anymore. But it is so interesting, right? To like where you think you, you think like, oh, this is it. I mean, touring yeah. the biggest like sports arenas. Yeah in the United States yeah. and doing it and right. And like yeah. there's catering and you can go get an ice, a soft serve like and yes. a coffee at any time, yes. dude. Like I'm oh. on that tour. Oh man. I remember saying to someone on that tour, like, cause I was with Eric Hutchinson, we were opening up and I remember saying to people like, this is incredible. Like it is catering yes. and they're making me? different food yeah. every day in the shows. And, and I remember someone from the Kelly Clarkson camp. Now I won't say who this was said like, Oh, yeah, the, the catering company isn't very good. Oh, yeah. And I was like, oh. When you get to the point of, yeah. You know, and they're like, yeah, we've had way better. You know, yeah. It's sort of like, I don't oh. know. And I was like, oh. And then oh. I thought, God, I never, ever want to be in that position where I'm like, ugh, this catering company versus the But that was that person's reality. That's their life on the uh, road. Yes. You know? Yes. And, you know, and I vowed to myself that like, I'm not going to be the guy that's like, I don't know what city we're in. And now that was a yeah. 10 week tour yeah. cut to week three. I had no idea. Yeah. Cause it just, it just is a blur. Because, yeah. It becomes yeah. normalized. 
Um, But I do think it's really important in any, right? Like in any of this to, to, to take a step back and, uh, and feel some gratitude around where Mm -hmm. you're at. And even, you know, and to set maybe a modest goal, there was a thing, I mean, this is cheesy. I don't, I hate that I'm even saying this, but there was a thing I watched where John Mayer was giving a clinic at Berkeley and he was talking to those students and say what you will about, yeah. I love that. Isn't that great? It's so good. And he talked about defining success and he talked about like, what is success? Do you need to sell 2 million records? Or what if you sold 500 copies of your EP and you treated yourself to sushi or something. Remember him saying yes, that, Yeah, you know, like what if, what if success looks like you say at this number, I'm going to reflect and I'm going to go out and, you know, and, and do something that makes me happy. And I, I just, uh, for me, the struggle is I should never celebrate because there's always work ahead, mm. but the, and that it's so toxic, but the thing that really <laughs> that gets me in trouble is when that gets too big and builds up too much, I drop all the balls. Mm. And that's even happened in communication with you. That's happened in communication with a lot of people that like friends and family, when stuff gets too hectic, I just ostrich. I, oh, I go head in the sand. Dude, I am the exact same way. Really? Oh, hardcore to yeah. a fault. Mm-hmm. Like where it'll be, I... I don't, I'm still trying to f- come up with a word for it where it's just days of, man, I'm just the texts are piling up in my phone where I'm just yep. not, I just disappear because it's just too much. Why? I've, I, do you know your, your why? No, I'm hoping you'll tell me. And I'll be like, hell yeah, that's why. <laughs> Dude, I, <laughs> I mean, probably, it's probably, you know, because of the relationship with my mom and dad. And then, and then yeah. of, you know what I mean? It's well, like, it's heavy. Well, yeah, there is the there is the constant focus on the work, but then there's also just the overload. I just don't think I I'm just I'm a horrible multitasker. Mm, I am too. I can't do I can't do this while um I I I don't know. I'm I'm a really horrible multitasker. Yeah. The more things I put on like even even like bass and singing at the same time was you and I worked on that so much. Like <laughs> yeah. that is like that multitasking of that was so hard for me to get comfortable yeah, it's doing hard that. to do. But like, so then if things, if I'm starting to get stressed down, I just like, I, it feels like a, I feel like I hit like a, uh, like a fuse box trigger where it just is like, and I just like black out. I <laughs> like, like, shut, I shut you down. Just throw the breaker. <laughs> yeah. I'm yeah. just like hunkered away with Sarah yeah. right. at home. Well, who is the person? I was gonna say this. I um, is, I was listening to some. I can't remember if it was Seth Godin or not, mm-hmm. but he was saying he was like the curse of a freelancer is that if you are a fr- true freelancer in your life, you the curse is that you are married to the question what's next I know. and you can't like we view it as like a, there's like the negative we're kind of viewing it as a negative connotation like why can't i just like why can't i like have enough it's enough but it's like it's a requirement to continue to be a freelancer you can't get comfortable like while you're doing something this is great but what's after this because the work and intention i don't know i feel like the work in, you do especially with music and relationships and like networking or whatever what I'm doing right now and the energy at with which I'm doing everything in my life right now, I see the benefit of that six months from now. 
Yes. I feel like I'm a six month cycle. Like if so, if I'm like, if I'm not reaching out to people, if I'm going dark and I'm, or I'm not doing anything, it's then it's like I'll pay. I'm gonna pay for that in six months. Right. So it's like this Ooh. kind of need to like stay on top of yes. it. There has to be, and not like a discontentment thing necessarily. It is like a work ethic thing because I don't know. Especially when you get flow, maybe I'm just wondering like, is it a th- like a like is it the knowledge that this 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 isn't like and not taking it for granted could be a part of it. Yeah. Like this. Yeah. Not taking it for granted. And I think also for me, it's about having, um, not crazy growth goals. I think like, I don't, Oh dude, tell me about that. I just don't feel like I want to grow. Um, like I work for this company, right? SBL and Scott divine is an empire builder. He wants to grow and it's what pushes him and it's why he's so successful. And he's amazing. I mean, he's an incredible entrepreneur and I view him, I I admire him so much, but I am so not like that. I do not feel um, like, oh, the best thing we can possibly do is to 10X this company in a year, you know? And he, Uh, and he says things like that and it just throws me. I'm like, oh my (laughs) God. I think like, like with, um, for instance, when I started, decided to do Instagram seriously, which was about five years ago, um, I wanted to just, I never wanted to pay for a post. I never wanted to buy followers. I never wanted to ask for a, a follow for a follow. Like I just wanted to put out stuff that I thought was good and that I believed in and I thought might be fun or valuable um, or entertaining at the very least. And, and people would find it slowly, but surely. Yeah. And because uh, there's something to me about, this is a, this is weird. And it, it sounds, I've told people this before and they're like, that's some, <laughs> like, that's some like self aggrandizing bullshit where like, sometimes I feel like I don't want it to get out of my control. Mm. So, so I have two fears. I fear the failure. Okay. Put out the record. No one cares. Yeah. But then sometimes I think if I wanted to do YouTube, like if I wanted to start my own channel and go hard yeah. on it, I think it would be successful. I, I, and again, there are people that might laugh and say, no way, but I feel like it would consume me. And to have like incredible growth goals on platforms of like, I, I feel like I could go hard at TikTok and then make double the money I'm making now in a year. I feel like I could go hard on YouTube, mm-hmm. uh, Instagram. And really like, I can see the strategies. I work with a company that, that develop these strategies. Yeah. You know, you know, the yeah. pathway to that. Yeah. And mm. I think that I have a voice. I think I have something to say. I think I'm passionate. I love it. I can bring other, I can influence other people into that passion. I've seen it. And I sometimes go, Oh my God, I think that could make my life unmanageable. And so a lot of people talk about not of, of not doing something because they're afraid they're going to fail. And I have that in some regards, but in other regards, I am like, I don't want to put all my eggs in this basket because I'm afraid it'll get um, unmanageably big. Yeah. (laughs) And again, that's, uh, that's maybe crazy ego, but I do feel that like on social media stuff, I sort of feel like I don't want to go hard because I, because I like, I like the slow growth. 
I like my small community. Yes. I like that it feels, I like that I can still get to most DMs. Yes. I don't want to hire a, a full-time manager. Um, I don't want to have a team. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. And I just watched a Matt, um, is it D'Alva? He's the guy that does minimalism. He has like a huge oh, minimalism yes. thing got on. Huge. He got yeah. huge. And then he completely had like a meltdown and let go of his entire team. He built this big team up. I think he's really? like 4 million subscribers on YouTube. I mean, oh, he's a big man. YouTuber. He's incredible. He's a yeah. guy that talks about capsule wardrobe and only having, yes. you know, like minimalism yeah. guy, right? Um, and he let go of everyone because it became unmanageable. It became like... He wasn't having fun anymore. Now he was having to manage all these personalities on his team. He became less productive, actually. So this idea of always having to scale, how do we scale it? How do we, you know, so so for a musician, it's like how to get better gigs, right? How to always get a better, better gig, better gig. Or for a teacher, how do I get more students? How do I build an online business so that I can scale? And, you know, I put out courses and now... People are buying these courses. Um, Or for me, thinking about like, how do I really go hard after personal brand, after a person of influence? I heard someone say that as opposed to influencer, and I thought it sounded- Oh, a person of influence. (laughs) Oh, I do like that. (laughs) I thought it sounded fancier. Oh, yeah. But like, you know, instead of thinking about how to just scale that and make the most money- and like, you're not shit until you make a million dollars. And I mean, I have people in my life now that feel those ways and I don't. And so it's a strange place to feel like I, I, I'm on one hand, I'm really self-conscious of putting out my own music and yeah. having no one care. Yeah. And on the other hand, I don't want to scale up a giant YouTube business. And it's kind of absurd that I think that I could, but I... Uh, I see that and I go, Ooh, I need to keep, I need to keep something at bay mm, <laughs> in, yeah, my, yeah. in myself yeah. and, and not feel like I not feel like that needs to be the metric yes. of success of, of just going hard and getting you know yes. a million subscribers on YouTube. I don't think that's egotistical or anything negative that acknowledgement of that. I just think you've gotten to, you've gotten to experience past the the veil of the mystique it's no longer like oh what is how do you build and it's like no no there's steps if i do a b and c yeah there are if i do this it's almost like you're saying this i get the image of like a bodybuilder i'm like oh yeah someone i'm assuming somebody in that world be like no i i know it'll take me three months and i know if i eat this and i do these things yeah i can be ready for this movie yes yeah so you're just to the point if you know how it works and that's that's so interesting because it's almost the version of the things you own also in turn own you. Absolutely, it and it's it's puffy, baby. Mo money, mo problems. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Yeah, it really. Uh, you know, and and everybody, I think, probably sees that in some way. Now, obviously, there's like a a financial place where it's like, well, it'd be nice to have mm-hmm. a little more money for these comforts. But yeah, we were talking about like, is a comfortable life is a comfortable life always the goal? Yes. Dashel! Hey. We're doing a podcast, um, but we're going to take a break. Yeah. Can I, get you a, can I get you a snack? How was your day? 
You've been listening to Rob Morgan is a Curious Person. Nothing you've heard in today's episode reflects the opinions or beliefs of Guinness, Curious Endeavours, the Republic of Ireland, or anyone living or dead. Quite frankly, those who said it have probably already changed their minds, and we offer you the most sincere apologies on their behalf. Rob Morgan is an internationally touring bassist on a journey to discover what it means to live a curious life. At thecuriouspod.com, you'll find an archive of conversations recorded all over the world, a map of recording locations, a weekly newsletter, and official podcast merchandise. Rob is recording a daily podcast where he's sharing insights into the creative journey and the secrets to living a curious life that he's discovered from over a decade of traveling the world with music. We here at Curious Endeavors have told him this is probably a mistake, and he's in Egypt to attempt it, but he won't budge, so that's where we're currently at. Visit thecuriouspod.com today or click the link in the show notes for more great crack. We hope you'll enjoy. Meow.